Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Today's homily in six words. What the heck is hell like? What the heck is hell like? For the second week in a row, rich people are taking it on the chin in the gospel reading, just ahead of when many churches are about to start talking about stewardship. It's almost as if this was the initial softening up for the campaign ahead. I doubt that was in the minds of the committee that designed the lectionary. Chapter 16 of Luke's Gospel just happens to coincide with the 15th and 16th Sundays after Pentecost, which move around depending on the date of Easter. So, not a conspiracy. <laughs> and in any case, I'm not going to talk about money. I thought I would just try to keep it on the lighter side and just focus on eternal damnation. <laughs> so, what is hell like? Back in 2020, a magazine called Christian Living conducted a survey with people who self-identified as Christians and the focus of the survey was on their understanding of hell and their ideas about what hell looks like. So, people from across the country were asked to answer a series of multiple choice questions regarding hell. The researchers were more than slightly surprised by what they found. In one question, participants were asked to click on a statement they thought best described hell. Only 4% selected the phrase, a lake of fire, which is a direct quote from the book of Revelation. 93% of the respondents selected this phrase, a dark cavernous landscape with random flames popping up here and there and a videotape library containing nothing but copies of Ishtar. <laughs> For those of you who don't remember, Ishtar was a 1987 Hollywood film that consistently won nominations and awards for the worst movie of the 20th century. Another question asked what people thought was the primary reason for the devil being in hell. Again, only 2% chose the correct answer, per the Bible, that hell was created as a home for Satan and the fallen angels. 97% chose the answer, depicting puffy-faced devils with large noses, with jobs like greeting the new arrivals with the words, welcome to hell, and handing them an accordion. <laughs> While just above them, angels are, are greeting the newly arrivals in heaven and handing them a harp. Devils are also depicted managing a cafe for the damned, one of whom is shown saying, oh man, the coffee's cold. They thought of everything. <laughs> and another devil leading aerobics classes 
with these directions. Three more, two more, one more, okay. Now, five million leg lifts. Right leg first, let's go. Anybody recognize these images? Any of you who had reached the age of reading by 1996 might remember one of the most popular cartoonists to ever put pen to paper, Gary Larson, <coughs> the inventor of the far side. It ran in newspapers from 1980 to 1995, and it was known for its comical depictions of amoebas, animals, insects, quirky scientists, and life in hell. Some of my faves, a smiling devil with a big pitchfork and a slight smirk on his face, standing at the door to hell next to a framed needlepoint hanging on the wall with the words, today is the first day of the rest of your life. <laughs> One of the souls pushing a wheelbarrow full of rocks through a pit while whistling a happy tune, and one supervising devil says to the other, you know, we're just not reaching that guy. <laughs> a snowball going through the air as one devil says to another, look, Sid, another snowball. This place is slipping. <laughs> a kindly lady carrying a tray around the grounds with the explanation, despite his repeated efforts to explain things to her, Satan could never dissuade his mother from offering cookies and milk to the accursed. <laughs> and finally this one. Everybody standing in line with grim looks on their faces, and in the middle of them all, there's this one goofy guy with a big smile on his face, saying, hot enough for you? <laughs> the title of that one, Nerds in Hell. <laughs> I could go on, but you can go online and see them all at your leisure, and Dave, I think, will probably throw a few up on the video if he hasn't already. The survey ended by asking participants to review a list of books and select the ones that they felt were the most influential on their understanding of hell. The list included famous works like The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis, Dante's Inferno, and the novelization of Doom. The number one choice, Cows of Our Planet by Gary Larson. <laughs> The lead researcher in the study said that they threw in the far side references as a joke. They never expected to find that most Christians are getting their understanding of hell not from the Bible or the church, but from a cartoonist. They were shocked. But they shouldn't have been, because Gary Larson is just the latest in a long line of artists, poets, writers, and thinkers to apply his creative imagination to what we might call the penitentiary model of hell. That hell 
is a sort of supermax prison created by God to punish people for their misdeeds. If that's what hell is, then Gary Larson's version is as good as anyone's. Now, a brief aside. Back in the late 1960s, there was a course offered at the University of Maryland College Park titled The Bible as Literature. The guy who taught the course was an English professor who also happened to be English, and he was a jolly Englishman. And the light motif of this course, the golden thread that ran through it, was the following. He would go through a passage of scripture and talk about all the possible meanings it could have. And then, invariably, he would rise up with the question, what is the Bible saying here? The answer is, we don't really know. What the heck is hell like? Truth be told, the answer is we don't really know. But even though we may not know what hell is like, we have a pretty solid consensus about what hell is. And it's not a sacred penitentiary. Just as the kingdom of heaven is not a place in the sky where you go when you die, neither is hell. The kingdom of heaven is a sphere of influence permeated by the presence of God. Hell is a state of being where the presence of God is distant or absent. I'll repeat that. Hell is a state of being where the presence of God is distant or absent. Now that could describe situations of everyday life in this world. If we think of grace as the close presence of God, as an experience of God's love and goodness touching our world, through the agency of people of faith, our baptismal vocation, and the church's mission, you could call that heaven on earth. And just so, we could refer to situations where there is no grace to be found, where the kingdom of God is not evident, as hell on earth. And we've got more than a few of those going on right now in our world. But that's another sermon. Today's gospel brings it down to the individual, personal level. If we look at the common element that underlies all the various descriptions of what hell is like, it involves a conscious human being in a very unpleasant situation. And, here's the critical element, he or she can do nothing to change it. That's the reality 
for Dives, the guy in the gospel today. So now that we've had our fun, fun for today, here's the, here's the not laughing matter part. A relationship with God is a gift that is offered to us by the Creator. Offered, not forced on us. We have a choice to accept it or to reject it. The problem is that's too dramatic. The real spiritual struggle for most of us is not, shall I reject God? Hmm. It's more about what comes next, namely, what does it mean for my life after I accept God's offer? And the biggest challenge we have in respect to that is inertia, complacency. It's like, well, I'll think about that later. And later turns into never. As long as we live in this world, when we find ourselves in an uncomfortable, unpleasant, unsatisfactory place spiritually, distant, or disconnected from God, we have options, we have choice, we have possibility for change. We have the possibility to make a move in another direction. We can do that anytime, any day, until time runs out, a.k.a. death. What happens at the moment of death? The answer is, we don't really know. But a close reading of this gospel suggests that our self-conscious being, what we call our soul, remains conscious on the other side of death. And at that point, wherever we are, in respect to God, crystallizes. It's frozen. If we're in a bad place at that point, that's called hell with a capital H. So, next question. Is that it forever and ever? The answer is, we don't really know. The theologians say yes, because they want to protect the doctrine of free will. Roman Catholics want a halfway house. It's called purgatory, for those who aren't quite ready for heaven. And then there's reincarnation. My favorite t-shirt find of the week says, reincarnation is my only hope. <laughs> That's another sermon. But you know what? Whether hell is permanent, eternal death, or it isn't, the takeaway from this gospel is the same 
as it always is in the Gospels. Repent. And remember, when you hear the word repent, substitute the phrase, wake up, because that's what it means. Wake up. And the time to wake up is always now. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow may never arrive. Today is the only time we can actually do anything. The kingdom of God is within us. It's here. It's now. And time is of the essence. To coin a phrase, this is the day.